there are people today that are claiming the second coming of Jesus Christ was a myth. Today is a wake-up call for those who are not prepared to meet the Lord. Get ready. The stage is being set for the soon return of the Lord. We will talk about it on today's edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. My name's Dave Robbins. I'm with End of the Age, and I'm so thankful that you have uh, joined me this afternoon. And like I said, there are people today that are claiming the Bible's not true, and the second coming of Jesus Christ was a myth. His first coming was a myth, even though it's historical. There are people that are claiming this never happened. It's just a bunch of fairy tales and that he's not coming back in the near future. But I'm here to dispel that myth and to make sure that you know the Bible is absolutely true. It's the Word of God. All these prophecies in the Bible will come to pass in great detail. What does 2 Peter 3, 2-11 says? The Bible said it would be like this. The Bible says that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. People that are saying, oh, all this stuff is crazy. Don't pay any attention to this. It's all myths and fairy tales. The Bible says they'll be walking after their own lusts and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. In other words, ah, you guys, we've heard about this stuff for years. This isn't going to happen. That's what the Bible says. It goes on to say in verse 7, But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. God's giving us all a space to repent. He wants to come back, but He realizes how hot hell is. And it's not His will that any should perish. So He's long-suffering. He's given people space to repent. The Bible says not that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. God is having mercy and long-suffering, and giving people time. But that does not mean He will come back. The very next verse says, 
But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. So you see that the Lord's going to come back. And I can prove this many ways that we can go back through prophecy and history and we can prove the validity of the Bible many, many different ways. But Peter said in this verse, in verse 11, the final verse, he said, all these things are going to happen. But then he says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of person ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? In other words, all these things are coming to pass. All these prophecies that have been written in this book, they're going to come to pass in intricate detail, just like the Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. All of these things that we've read, they will come to pass. So as a result of this, because you know this, or with that said... What manner of person should you be? How should you be acting since you know and understand this information? And I tell you what, it makes me want to align my life up with the Word of God. We teach prophecy here at End Time Ministries in the End of the Age program. And I love, I love it. I love getting into detail about the Bank for International Settlements and the central banks and their digital currencies and the cashless societies and um, the, the geopolitical situation in the Middle East and world war and, you know, everything that's going on around the world. I love showing, using those current events to show how prophecies written thousands of years ago in this one book, the Bible, are coming to pass right now. I love it because it can build people's faith in the Word of God. However... If you get around me for any time at all, we'll get into a prophecy discussion, but at the end of the day, I'm going to try to share the gospel with you because before very long, the clouds will split open and Jesus Christ is going to come back and with the sound of a trumpet, he will send his angels to gather the elect. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That is going to happen. It's not a myth. It's not a fairy tale. It's going to happen like all the other prophecies that have preceded it. And so with that, with that um, understanding, what manner of men and women should we be? It's very, very important. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, 1 through 9, the, Bible, the Apostle Paul said, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. You guys know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as the thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as travail as upon a woman uh, with a child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, talking to us, you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. So there will be people that know about when this is going to happen. But he says, you are all children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober 
For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that are drunken, they're drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and of love, for a helmet of hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul, many of the, many of the apostles talked about prophecies and different things that would happen. Because it's going to happen. It's not a myth or a fairy tale. And I know many times that we uh, can't see the forest for the trees. We get focused on different events that are happening, and we kind of put this out of our mind. But according to Scripture, shouldn't we do that? Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time. Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at End Time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Okay, everybody, so we'll get back into my end-time scenario here in just a moment. However, this coming weekend, my wife and I will be down in Bullard, Texas. We'll be at the Greater Life Church, 2751 FM 344, uh, Pastor Kenny Price. And Saturday evening, July 16th, from 6 to 8 p.m., I'll be speaking on the Antichrist Socialistic Kingdom letting you know what's going on with the world, the Council on um, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, Build Back Better. You, you're, you're not going to really, you just need to hear the lesson to see how they're trying to implement socialism here in the United States, trying to establish a world government. And then Sunday morning we'll be going through the breaking prophetic news and we'll try to do a Q&A session at the end. That's at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Again, Greater Life Church. 2751 FM 344. 
Look forward to seeing you down there this weekend. Now, this end time scenario, is the second coming of Jesus Christ a, a, a myth, a fairy tale, a fable? 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then which we who are alive and remain, the Christians who are alive on the earth at that point, that did not take the mark of the beast, did not worship the Antichrist in his world-governing body, that have been born again, they shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. With this in mind, just like Peter said, what manner of men should we be? What manner of women should we be? Should we be promoting things that are diametrically opposed, belief systems, agendas that are diametrically opposed to the Word of God? No. You know what alarms me, everybody, is that the way people can lie you know, Donald Trump would call it fake news, and, you know, it just is so much lying and deception in politics. Think about politics right now. And people will lie like it's okay, or that um, they're catching these politicians in lies, and they're telling lies like, oh, this is just how we live our life. Everybody lies. No, everybody does not lie. Get this. The Bible says all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. You cannot lie and go to heaven. But it's just prominent in our society. People just lying to push agendas and deception and propaganda. The United Nations is one big propaganda machine. And it's, it is horrible to see that in our world. But I'm telling you, there are the, there's coming a time when the clouds will split open. You say, why are we talking about this today, Dave? Because people get wrapped up in so many things besides preparing themselves for something that is coming. If you think it's a myth or a fairy tale, then you wouldn't prepare for it. And I, I just read an article, I can't remember the news source, but saying that um, they were talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ and different prophecies in the Bible and things being a myth, being myths in people's mind, fairy tales. I'm here today to bring some uh, a, a sense of urgency that says, "Hey, the Lord's coming back." The Bible says in Revelation one seven, "Every eye will behold Him." Nobody's. The Bible says that the rich men will hide themselves in the rocks and under the mountains, saying, "Hide us from the face of Him." that sits on the throne. Nobody will escape him at that time. And so I'm here as a warning today, sounding a trumpet saying, listen, let's make sure we're prepared to meet the Lord. Let's make sure we're born again. Let's make sure we're living the Christian lifestyle. You say, well, Dave, what about all the other religions? The only one that I can validate is the Bible. I can use prophecy, I can use history, I can use personal experience. There's many ways to validate the Bible. It is the true Word of God. I live my life according to the Bible, and the things the Bible says will come my way are coming. 
our pastor many times talks about a God gravity. If you're living for the Lord, doing His will, you've been born again, you're a Christian, you're living a Christian life, and totally submitted to the Lord, the God gravity, God will move things in your life that should be there, and He'll move things out of your life that shouldn't be there. And you can lead a happy, fulfilled life, even during chaos, even during inflation, housing prices are way up, food prices, gas prices, all these different things going on around the world. You can live a peaceful life. And so we've got to live as a Christian if we want to be saved. Now, I made a statement earlier. You can't, a lot of times you can't see the forest for the trees. People can get so mesmerized. We do talk about world government, world religion, the precursors to the mark of the beast, and all these different things going on in the world. And you can get so mesmerized when we talk about global numbering systems, and it's almost overwhelming at times because there's so much of it. However, I wanted to lay out the end-time scenario for you today to make sure that you get it. You know what's coming, and it's not a myth and a fairy tale. So, what does the future hold? When a, um, and I wanted to, to kind of go over this another reason because when Joe Biden goes to, and this is the way I look at the news, everything around me. Don't really care about sports anymore. I used to be in all that. Don't really care about that anymore. I used to be into hunting and fishing. I'll do that every once in a great while when I get time. If I don't get a go, it's not that big a deal. If you rub shoulders with me at all, I'm going to try to make sure that you've been born again, that you, have, you are prepared to meet Jesus, and that we'll, we'll get into some uh, political conversations, some religious conversations about what's going to happen in the end time. If you rub shoulders with me at all, that's where we're going to go. I want to prepare you for the second coming of Jesus Christ. So when I read the news and I say, I see that, okay, to Joe Biden is now in Israel and he's going to the, the East Jerusalem and he is, which is really Jerusalem. Uh, they call it, the news calls it East Jerusalem, but it's, it's Jerusalem. And then he's going to Saudi Arabia. It's his Middle East trip. What do I look at? I look at, are you going to further any efforts towards a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians? Are you going to somehow get involved in a World War III? Are we going to... Um, enhance our efforts to protect Israel in the end time. Those are prophecies. So when I see Joe Biden went there, I don't care about anything else he's doing, who he's going to meet and, you know, all these different... I don't care about any of that stuff. All I care about is, what are you doing to get us down? Uh, what are you doing according to Bible prophecy? And that's pretty much it. Are we standing with Israel? How are you promoting that? I mean, that's where I'm at in... That's how I read the news in every instance because I really don't care about much else. I want to help people and I want to make sure they get to heaven. Now, end time scenario. And I'll go to, through some stuff here in just a moment because I want to get to a video uh, that I want to share when we get to the Mark of the Beast stuff. But you guys have heard this before, but I want to make sure you get it. This is what's coming. Daniel 9.27, it prophesies that the Antichrist is going to confirm a covenant with many for a final seven-year period. This accord is going to be the confirmation of God's covenant with Abraham that Israel will always have a homeland in the promised lands. Back in Genesis 15, 18. 
So the fulfillment of this prophecy will be the signing of a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And we're looking for five characteristics to that peace agreement. There have been other peace agreements. They weren't it. So there's five characteristics. The final peace agreement that starts the final seven years will have these five characteristics. It's going to establish a Palestinian uh, state in Judea or the West Bank. It will allow the Jewish settlers presently living in the West Bank or, or Judea to remain in their homes living as a Jewish minority in that Palestinian state. It will place the Temple Mount under an internationally supervised sharing arrangement allowing both Jews and Muslims to worship there. Israel is going to build her third temple and Israel will retain control of the entire city of Jerusalem throughout the end time. Those five characteristics. When you see those prophesied peace agreement with those characteristics, then we can know assuredly, hey, we've started the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is going to happen. As sure as I'm sitting here at this desk talking to you, this is going to happen. All of the prophecies that are supposed to have occurred up to that point are done except for the possibility of a war. There's a war that is coming that's going to eliminate, it's going to actually, I should say, it will emanate from the Middle East region, and it's going to result in the killing of one-third of the world's population. It's called the Sixth Trumpet War, because it will occur at the sounding of the Sixth Trumpet described in Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. The war will take place just before or shortly after that peace agreement, Um, And the Bible does tell us that it will take place at the latest before the final three and one half years begins. And it could conceivably happen at any time if we're already not, uh, not already in that war as we speak. In the aftermath of that six trumpet war, where it, what, 2.6 or 7 billion people were approaching, I think we'll reach 8 billion people on the earth in November. So it's going to be uh, 2.6, 2.7-ish billion people killed. And the cry for this global organization that will prevent war, even though the United Nations hasn't been able to do that, it's going to be deafening. Nations will be willing to yield up their sovereignty and their armies and their armaments to this world governing body in the name of peace. But it's not going to bring peace. The international community is going to adopt a a fully functioning world governing body. We'll move into it now where with Antonio Guterres and Gorbachev and all of them have said we want, or many of the popes have said we need a world government with teeth, with enforcement methods. But the international community will adopt it to eliminate the possibility of a global war ever taking place again. The nations of the world will surrender their sovereignty to this world government so that it can eliminate war completely. The world government will be the culmination of years of, of planning that have already been in progress. I mean, we're, it's just coming at us like a landslide. For several years, it has been generally believed that there were two major causes on the earth. Uh, uh, conflicts between nations, political conflicts, and religious conflicts. And so what is the solution 
to this, uh, they say the simple solution in the minds of global leaders or the supposed intelligentsia of our society. Well, they say we need to do away with the nation states and force everyone on earth to pledge allegiance to this one single ultimate political authority, a world government. If you've followed us at all, you know that uh, many popes for years, decades now, every pope has called for a global political authority, a world government. And number two, that they need to, uh, to help with the religious conflict, they need to abolish the doctrinal and the, the different belief systems, the doctrinal differences between all religious organizations and coerce church leaders to sign these declarations of unity and uh, with a single all-inclusive religious authority, a world religion. Um, one example of that would be when Pope Francis signed the document with uh, the uh, imam, the grand imam in, uh, over in the Middle East a couple, two or three years ago. And now, as a result of that, they've got that big Abrahamic house being built, and it was an effort to these people signing documents, merging their faith, saying, well, you can be saved. We'll accept your religion is valid. This is what's going on. This is efforts towards a world religion in the end time. So the Bible predicts that these two entities, this world religion, world government, they're going to be governed by two of the most deceitful, demonic human beings that have ever lived. They will have zero uh, conscience of a, a life and a human being. They, could, they, they will not value that whatsoever. You say, well, but yet the one person is going to be a religious. Well, just because somebody says they're religious doesn't necessarily mean they're going by Bible principles. You understand? There have been a lot of people that said, I'm religious, but got a lot of people to drink Kool-Aid. You remember? So, you got to be careful when somebody says, well, I'm a religious leader. Because you you got to make sure they're teaching the truth, folks. So, to begin with, a leader is going to arise from Europe, the Antichrist. So, that's Daniel 7, 8. And... He's going, he will have aided in the negotiations for the prophesied agreement that has happened. And he will be a great orator and administrator. But he will have an ulterior motive in his mind. He's going to be like a wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will. And he's eventually going to seize the reins of influence and be the most powerful politician in Europe. He's going to be the Antichrist. And so these are things that we're watching in the end time. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Now, this Antichrist, this world-governing leader, he will have his power base in Europe. And it's easy, I'm not going to take time to prove that today because I want to try to get through the whole end-time scenario here. But we know he will come from Europe. He's not going to come from the United States. He's not going to come from the Middle East. The Bible is very specific and clear that he will come from the reborn Holy Roman Empire, which is the current European Union. So, from that power base, the Antichrist is going to maneuver himself into control of the emerging world governing body. You see how the world government's all topsy-turvy right now. They don't know where the United States stands, uh, who should lead it. China, Russia, uh, maybe Europe, they just, everybody, it's just, everything's all up in the air. It's like a bunch of balls. It's crazy. Well, everything's going to settle into, on the other side of this world war that's coming, Everything's going to settle into world government and somebody is going to lead that. The Bible tells us that the, Holy, the revived Holy Roman Empire is going to, the European Union, and the Antichrist will come up among them, those nations, and rule the world government. That's what's going to happen on the other side of this Sixth Trumpet War. So, at the beginning of the Antichrist administration... The Antichrist is going to be viewed by many as the next great peacemaker. Uh, But to those who know their Bibles, he's going to be recognized. I mean, I will be on the air screaming, this guy's the Antichrist. Once we know who he is, I promise you, you will know. The Bible gives us 50, over 50 prophecies. I think there's 53 or 54 prophecies about the in um, in in the Bible about the Antichrist. We'll be able to recognize him beyond a shadow of all doubt. Simultaneous with the emergence of the prophesied world government is going to be the birth of a global religious system. Interfaithism, as it's already being called, is going to be a union of Catholicism, Protestantism, and all kind, every religion under the leadership of the Pope at that time, and that religious union will be founded on the belief that Jews, Muslims, Christians, 
religions of the world all worship the same God. They just call Him by different names. Interfaithism is going to attempt to embrace all the religions of the world. And Scripture is clear that this religious union will be led by whoever the Pope is at the time of the Antichrist. And he is going to fill the prophesied role of the false prophet. And um, so it's very, very important that we understand that there, you know, a, a lot of people believe that there is an evil pope coming. Now, by the midway point of the final seven years, the world government led by the Antichrist and the world religion this would be uh, Revelation 13, 11 through 14, and also the entire chapters of Revelation 17 and 18, headed by the false prophet, will have control over the majority of the world's population. Not every pocket, but the, the, a vast majority of it. When the final seven years begins, Revelation 11, 1 and 2 says, the again, under the peace agreement, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem is going to be placed under this sharing arrangement between Jews and Muslims. I know that that looks impossible right now, but it has been proposed in the past, and it is going to happen. The Jewish people will be allowed to build a third temple. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, and Revelation 11, 1 and 2. Up on the Temple Mount, and when the temple is completed, they will resume animal sacrifices, Daniel 9, 27, just as was done back in the Old Testament. And so the offering of animal sacrifices in the temple, that's going to quickly escalate into, into a world crisis. You can only imagine when they start killing animals on television because every television news source or every news source in the world will be on television video in this and on the Internet. And they're going to be killing animals like crazy for these sacrifices. Think about it. And so imagine the animal rights activist and what they'll... They're going to demand that the Antichrist, the leader of the world government, stop the slaughter of these animals. And so that dispute over the animal sacrifices, imagine, that's going to lead to what's called the abomination of desolation in the Bible. Now, that happens right there at the midway point of this final seven-year period. You say, well, Dave, i I, I got to ask you, why are we going over this? Because you've got to understand... You can't, you can't miss seeing the big picture here. If you get focused right in on, oh, these gas prices and inflation and, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm buying gas the same place you are. I understand. But I'm not going to get mesmerized by these events that are happening in our world to the point where I don't know what's coming ahead of us and I prepare people for when our Lord and Savior will split those clouds wide open and come back to gather the elect. That's why I want to go through this end time scenario. We'll go through it many more times as we go through here and as we learn different things because I don't want you to get mesmerized on this life. Yes, we do have to live in this life. I am too. But I am pre- I, in this life, guess what I'm doing? I'm preparing for the, my eternal home. And I want to prepare you for that. Now, once we reach the middle of this final seven-year period, prophecy fulfillment is going to rapidly increase. 
many things are going to happen like simultaneously. If I had a big chart here, I could show you many events that have one right, right there in the middle. The first of these events, that's going to be um, the stopping of those sacrifices that have been resumed. Daniel 11.31 foretells that and arms shall stand on his part, the Antichrist, and his partners, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength that shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that make it desolate. So it appears that the stopping of the sacrifices and the abomination of desolation will occur at the same time. So uh, it's apparent that the Antichrist will explain that the sacrifices are no longer needed because he is the Messiah, he is God. 2 Thessalonians 2, 4 states that he will sit in the temple of God claiming to be God. What a blasphemous act. Satan's minion here on the earth claiming to be God. In this passage, the Apostle Paul described this event as the revealing of the man of sin, the Antichrist. When that individual does that, the leader of the world government, I will be able to come to this desk and say, folks, X person is the Antichrist. And man, I mean, things are just moving so fast in that direction. But I need to also mention that whoever the Pope is at the time that that abomination of desolation occurs, when the Antichrist will stand in that Jewish temple and proclaim to be God, the Pope at that time will assume the role as the false prophet. He's going to be the leader of the world religious system and will perform miracles before men. That's Revelation 13, 13 through 14. And through these miracles, he will influence the world to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist. The Bible says he deceived men by the miracles that he performed in front of them, calling fire down from heaven. Many things are going to happen. That's why you better know your Bible. You better have a relationship with the Lord. Because when a man stands on, te- on the television and calls, stands on the Temple Mount, or, and he will call, or I should say, when the false prophet calls fire down from heaven, it doesn't say that he will be on the Temple Mount. The Bible says that he will call fire down from heaven, though. Um, but we have speculated. I, I want to throw the word speculate in there. We've speculated for years that when the Antichrist, or when the sacrifices are resumed, if the false prophet could call fire down from heaven at that point, a lot of people would just follow right after this individual thinking, this is a man called by God, wouldn't they? Would you? I hope not, because the Bible says that he will fool people by the miracles he was able to perform. So you've got to have a working knowledge of the Word of God and be a part of a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church and listen to good radio and television programs that will teach you the truth. I happen to know of one. It's called End of the Age. (laughs) Now, there are others, I know, but I'm just saying, we're going to teach the truth, folks. In the face of all the peer pressure and censoring and and everything else that we are experiencing, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm bound by God as a minister to tell the truth. And so that's what we're just going to tell the truth. Bob says, you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. And there's nothing more exciting for a Christian than to unlock somebody's jail cell and let them out. And it's awesome. Okay, man, I got to get back to my story here. Um, So the end time scenario. 
So at the same time, with the abomination of desolation, right there halfway through the final seven years, there's going to be a war in heaven. Uh, Daniel 12, 1 and 12, 7 through 12. Or I'm sorry, Revelation 12, 7 through 10. The uh, Michael and his archangels will defeat Satan and his angels. They'll confine them to the earth. Revelation 12, 12 says, Hey, rejoice in you heavens, but woe to, you, to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, because the devils come down unto you having great wrath. Because he knows that he's got just a short period of time. And this is the beginning of the three and one half years of tribulation when Satan will persecute Israel and the true church of Jesus Christ. This is the same tribulation period that Jesus spoke of back in Matthew 24, 15 through 21. Once the abomination of desolation occurs, Jesus warned the Jews that live in Judea, hey, you're going to have to flee into the mountains. Because then's going to be great tribulation, such as was ne- that is um, since the beginning of the world to this time, no nor ever again shall be. And in the midst of all this chaos, that's when this is halfway through the final seven years. God's going to send His two witnesses, Revelation eleven three, to begin their ministries, which will last the the twelve hundred and sixty days or three and one half years. And during that last half of the final seven years, many events will occur, setting the stage for the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it's at that time, the Antichrist and the false prophet will fully implement the economic system. Now, if you can't see that this is being set up now, you're just not following the news. It's going to be known as, well, to prophecy people as the mark of the beast. It's Revelation 13, 16 through 18. And economic control will be used to force the citizens of the world to comply with the dictates of the one world government and the one world religion. And the plan will be to give everyone on earth their own unique identification number that will be necessary to function in society. And if any individual does not submit or obey and pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and that supreme authority, that person's number will be invalidated. And he will not be permitted to, to hold a job or to participate in the global economy. Now, I'm, I'm going to show a video. When we get back from the break, I'm going to show a video. I want you to hear what a friend of ours, G. Edward Griffin, said recently. I think the video was posted a couple days ago about the Federal Reserve needing to, to, do, uh, to implement a cashless society to get us to move on to a digital plan. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Now, everybody, you know that I could spend days, I could spend days on each of these prophecies, but I could spend, I mean, I don't know, just forever talking about the global numbering system, the move off of cash onto a digital platform, central bank digital currencies, all the central banks around the world, the Bank for International Settlements, the, uh, all the facial recognition photographs, the, I mean, biometrics, the global numbering systems, everything that's going in, setting the stage for the eventual Mark of the Beast system that will be used to economically sanction individuals. One of the main things that I'm watching right now is this move off of cash with all these central banks around the world implementing central bank digital currencies, or they say they're researching it, but come on, you know that's what they're wanting to do. Programmable digital dollars. They want to get us off of cash so that way these programmable digital dollars, they could say, well, you can spend money here or get into a social credit uh, mindset, a social credit score, or a social credit system, where they say, okay, um, Dave Robbins, or oh, so X person, let's say um, Beto, who is uh, running for, I think, governor now. But um, let's say the difference between Dave Robbins and a, I can't remember his first name, but his name's Beto, Okay. He is a total Democrat. He's the one that came in there after that uh, shooting down there in South Texas in Uvalde, and he tried to make a political specter out of when the the, uh, police and the governor was in there talking. Um, So him and Dave Robbins. So they would say, okay, Beto, we're going to set up this central bank digital currency system, and you can have, you've got the right mindset that we want, so you can, you can have free reign with your digital dollars because we know what you'll spend them on. But Dave Robbins' central bank, or his uh, social credit score, he's got a horrible one because he doesn't agree with what we're doing. He won't go along with our false narrative. And so he may not have access to these central bank digital, digital dollars. I don't, I don't know. But that's kind of the mind. That's how they would economically sanction people once we moved off of the cash system. So a, a friend of ours, we've had him on our radio program many times. I went to see this guy speak with my father-in-law back when I was in my early 20s, just a couple years ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, that was a long time ago. But I remember my father-in-law dragging me from Richmond, Indiana, over to Dayton, Ohio. He said, you've got to come and hear a friend of mine uh, speak. His name's G. Edward Griffin. I was in construction at that point. I had no idea... Like, what in the, I, I don't know who G. Edward Griffin is, but he was like, Dave, this, you got to hear this guy speak. He just wrote a book called Creature from Jekyll Isle, and he exposed the Federal Reserve for what it really is, and they, 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 he exposed that the Federal Reserve Act was really to take the power from our Congress to move to, um, take the power of our Congress 
to control our money and the economy here in America and give it to a group of private, a cabal of private bankers. And my head was swimming. But I went with him one night and heard, when at my, way back in my early 20s, and heard this guy named G. Edward Griffin speak. Many of you know he wrote the, the book from Creature from Jekyll Isle and many others. The Fearful Math Master, he's been exposing the Federal Reserve and the world government for what it is for decades. Well, he was on an interview the other day, and, the, and the, so I took a video, a, a, an excerpt from it, from a YouTube video that I saw, and it's very legit. And the title of the YouTube video is G. Edward Griffin, The Federal Reserve Needs to Destroy the U.S. Dollar to Usher in the Cashless System. And he starts talking about the Great Reset and some different things. And I just want you to hear his mindset and what he's thinking because everything he's ever said, to my knowledge, very legit um, and something you can just take his word to the bank on this stuff. And so um, I want you to hear a, an excerpt from this showing how they're kind of setting the stage for what's coming in the near future. Roll the clip. When we take a good look at this thing called the Great Reset. Now, let's just take a moment on that. So now we know the World Economic Forum, which uh, boasts of its uh, membership of being the very top people in all the major countries of the world. Many of those have their prime ministers and top government officials as graduates of the World Economic Forum. So this is no small deal. They meet every year in Davos, Switzerland, and they talk about things exactly like this. What are we going to do for the future of the world? Do we want to continue the money the same or do we want to change it? What about cryptocurrencies? What about... um, what about social credit systems that China has? And they talk about these things constantly, and they come away with certain agreements among themselves, unofficial agreements. They never go through the governments or through the legislatures of these governments. These are agreements that are done at these private meetings, and they're done by the very top people. And those top people don't think that they have to be beholden to the voters of their countries in which they are born, in which they now lead. So they're thinking globally now. And it's clear that when you go to the the World Economic Forum and you see what they're talking about and their recommendations and their predictions for the future, you have the answer to this question. They want all money, all money to be gone. Their plan is, is the banker's dream, a cashless society. Nobody has any money. What you have are units in a bank account that completely managed by the banks. And those number of units will serve as the kind of money, but they won't be money that you can put in your mattress or that you can earn by striking a contract on a free, free market basis with somebody. All contracts have to be gone through the banks and through the government. And of course, if you, are, if you have a, a low uh, let's, a social credit score, mean, meaning like, people like myself, who are critical of these things, we will have a very, very low social credit score. And people like us and people like you and people like many of our neighbors and friends who aren't aren't aware of this yet will find themselves in a position where if they speak against their leaders in any way or express dissatisfaction in any way with what is going on, 
they will be deprived of their ability to buy things. They'll be deprived of their ability to travel. Their food quotients will be reduced. Uh, they won't be able to buy gasoline. They won't have the money to pay for rent or roof over their heads. They won't be able to buy food, clothing, shelter, health care, education. They'll be frozen out of society. And we will have reached a kind of master control over the whole population of the world that has never been even imagined until fairly right. recently. So that's my answer to your question. The, the reason that the world is against money is because they want to replace it with social credit system. That's the short answer to all of that. So there you see G. Edward Griffin saying, hey, they want to destroy cash. They don't want any currency that you can, a tangible currency you can hold in your hands or put in your mattress. They want to do away with that. He's talking about the World Economic Forum and all these private meetings they're having. They want everybody to have these, um, just like central bank digital currencies and these digital things, where that's how you would function in society. But then he says what they talked about is these social credit scores, where if you didn't, if you um, expressed discontent or you talked about their system or, or didn't want to go along, that they would say, well, that they can't participate in the system. Now, G. Edward Griffin, he's not a prophecy teacher. He, he writes secular books. And I've never heard him talk about the Bible, Bible prophecy ever in all the years I've followed him. And that my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, followed him. We had him on our program many times, but he would come at it from a secular standpoint. But he said right here, he said, they'll be able to use these things to control what you buy and keep you from having access to uh, health care and food and education and travel and all kinds of different things. Well, I'm sitting here looking at the Bible saying, whoa, 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 hold up. Revelation 13, 16 through 18, the Bible says everyone's going to be given a number without which they won't be able to buy or sell. You just heard what G. Edward Griffin said. This is in the minds of the World Economic Forum and these private meetings that they're having. This kind of stuff is exactly what they're talking about. But yet, some people think that all of this stuff is just a myth and a fairy tale, right? What the Bible said 2,000 years ago, no, that's just, that's a myth, right? No, it's actually not a myth, folks. It's very, very real. And just like all these prophecies have happened, the prophecy of the second coming of Jesus Christ in the end time, that's going to happen as well. So, if we continue on through our end time scenario, and I know I'm coming up to the end of my program here, but the, the mark of the beast will be doled out during the final three and one half years. That During the final three and one half years, that's when the two witnesses are here on the earth. At the end of that, the Bible says that Jesus said immediately after the tribulation of those days, the rapture would occur. That's Matthew 24, 29 through 31. That's when the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Once we're caught up in the air, we have the marriage supper of the Lamb at the sky. At that point, the battle of Armageddon will have been engaged. The sixth vial of the wrath of God, where the great river Euphrates is dried up to make way for the kings of the earth to come down against Jerusalem to battle, that will have occurred prior to the rapture. If you look in Revelation 16, verse 15, and just read, well, read like the whole chapter there, 12, 
down to 14 and then 15. And, and then 16, where it says he gathered them together into a place called the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. The rapture has occurred. The Bible says, behold, I come as a thief. You can see it right there in Revelation 16. The battle of Armageddon is engaged. We have the rapture. The marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. This is Revelation 19. We go straight. He's gathered us from all around the world to this marriage supper. We go straight with him as the armies of heaven to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon. The Bible says he plants his feet on the Mount of Olives. The armies of heaven are with him. And uh, that's at the seventh trump. The Bible says the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Human government's done away with. The Lord establishes his kingdom here on the earth. The, the uh, armies of the world government are defeated. No more human government on the earth. The, the saints who were raptured will rule and reign through that 1,000-year millennial reign as kings and priests with him as immortals. We will be ruling over mortals that are living here into that millennial reign. That's 1,000 years. At the end of that, the Satan is loosed out of, his, out of the uh, bottomless pit. He deceives the nations again to come down to Jerusalem to battle. There's no battle at that time. God simply consumes them with a fire from heaven, and the earth is prepared for the, sec- for the great white throne of judgment. We have the great white throne of judgment. The books are opened. Everyone is judged. And after that, the Bible says we move off into eternity and eternal existence. Very key, though, at the great white throne of judgment, the Bible says that all, everyone whose name was not written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Number one on your priority list in this life, number one, get your name written in the Lamb's book of life. So how do you do that? Be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man's born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. Go to endtime.com. All the information's there. How to be born again. What do you mean born again? Because we want to make sure you're prepared for the second coming, which will happen in the near future. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.